Hello, and welcome to the 19th publicly released episode, 33 and a third, under 45. This show is a collection of personal essays written by me, Ryan Lynch, each based around an album that I've had on repeat. For the next week, next week will be the last episode of previous episodes that were originally available exclusively on Patreon. So that means after next week, they'll go back to coming out once a month on the 15th of every month. So there's going to be a little bit of a break after next week. And then June 15th will be the first new column that I write that week. And then the 15th of every month, there'll be another one. And like I've done in the past, if there are ever multi-parters or like, you know, a run of albums or something, they'll come out closer together. But for the most part, expect it to be uh, monthly after that. So this episode was originally written on December 15th, 2019. For up-to-date news, episodes, and columns, follow me on Twitter at StoopKidLivesOn or go to FranzRadio.com. Or you can follow my band Premium Heart at PremiumHeartNY on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Stay up-to-date on future shows and releases. Enjoy the show. What kind of soundtrack keeps us inspired in a cynical world? I'm Ryan Lynch, and this is 33 and a third, under 45. Lately, I found a lot of new appreciation for late 90s, early 2000s political critiques. Too often, and I'm guiltier of this than most, we become enamored by deconstructions of post-9-11 American domestic life and foreign policy and forget that there was plenty of division, strife, and protests in our contemporary society before the Bush Doctrine ramped it all up to 11. 9-11 was such a glaring and brutal bullet point on the American timeline that it's easy to forget that a lot of the issues we still argue about were actually worth arguing about before we were shocked into the modern American mindset. A few of the things I've been thinking of are Christopher Priest's fantastic 1998-2003 to run on Black Panther, which serves as a stark critique of Clinton-era foreign policy, a realization that the Star Wars prequels are secretly good and have a lot of very prescient things to say about America's soon-to-start wars in the Middle East, and Bruce Springsteen's late 90s output, specifically the live record documenting the final leg of his 1999 reunion tour with the E Street Band live in New York City. When I started this column, I did a lot of soul-searching on if I should include albums that weren't just standard studio albums. Compilations don't quite capture the moment in time and emotional through-line that I try to focus on. Live albums have a similar problem in that a setlist might be pulling from songs that aren't relevant to now or songs that are just still popular and people want to hear. But in a live setting, older songs can be reframed in a new narrative and given a new context to help us appreciate what they're trying to say all along. 
Bruce is someone who I've never really listened to, and I think it's a great disservice to what he stands for that I took so long to really listen to his lyrics and realize what he was trying to say. I always knew he was a blue-collar songwriter, but I somehow missed just how much he spoke about so many of the economic issues we constantly talk about in modern political discourse. Remember Nongahela Valley, the Masabe Iron Range, with the coal mines of Appalachia, the story's always the same. 700 tons of metal a day, so you tell me the world's changed. Once I made you rich enough, rich enough to forget my name in I mean, come on. This is basically the script to an ad about the divide in the Democratic Party about trade deals in the Trump era, but with a bit more realism and bite. And that kind of aggressive populism, raging against the rich who look down on all of us, is present throughout the entire show, even when they're dressed up in folksy Americana. There's a place out on the edge of town, sir, rising above the factories and the fields. Wherever since I was a child, I can remember in the mansion on the hill. In the day, you can see the children play. On the road that leads to those gates of hardened steel Steel gates that completely surround the mansion home here But that's not why I'm writing about this specific record. I was originally going to write about Born in the USA. Born in the USA was the first Springsteen album I really loved. I put it off because I absolutely can't stand that every nationalistic xenophobe since Reagan has played it at rallies. But then when I really listened to it, I realized the obvious, that it's not some beautiful anthem on American exceptionalism. I got a little hometown jam, so they put a rifle in my hands. Send me off to a foreign land to go and kill the yellow man. It's a harsh critique of our imperialism at the expense of not only the people we go over to kill, but of the young men and women who are forced to enforce America's will abroad, only to be shunned by the people who sent them over there in the first place. The pro-war hawks are almost always slashing funding, limiting healthcare, and destroying the VA so they can hold it up as an example of how government doesn't work. Come back home to the refinery I'll romance a song if it was up to me 
I went down to see my VA man. He said, son, don't you understand now? I had a brother at Kaysom fighting off a Vietcong. They're still there, but he's all gone. The version of Born in the USA we hear here is a somber one, stripped down to a 12-string acoustic guitar, reflecting the severity of the issue we were about to ramp up to 11. Just two years later, we started sending troops to fight the two longest wars in American history, with an economic recession just behind the corner, waiting for the lucky ones to come home to. The hypocrisy of those in power really brought me to what may be the most powerful song for the whole show, the only song that was new for this tour. In the weeks leading up to this run at Madison Square Garden, Bruce and the East Street Band debuted a new song, American Skin, in Atlanta, and the lyrics leaked online. The song was in response to the Amadou Diallo shooting in the Bronx earlier that year. Springsteen had written political songs throughout his career, clearly, but this one sparked a bit more outrage, especially from the NYPD. From the New York Post. The head of the country's largest police organization ripped Bruce Springsteen as a dirtbag and called for a boss boycott for his new song based on the Amadou Diallo killing. He's turned into some kind of dirtbag, said Bob Lucente, president of the state chapter of the Fraternal Order of Police. He goes on the boycott list. Lucente made his comments to SonicNet, an online music news website. He has all these good songs and everything, American flag songs and all that stuff, and now he's a floating fag, Lucente was quoted as saying. 41 shots And we'll take that ride Cross this bloody river To the other side 41 shots Cut through the night you're kneeling over his body in the vestibule, for his life. I spend a lot of time thinking about protest and the most effective way to do it. I struggle with it a lot, especially since my life is pretty privileged and most of the things I've protested haven't directly affected me. I hear a lot of criticism from the right about how you're supposed to protest. Our country was founded on protest, but so many people who support the status quo keep themselves distanced enough so they don't have to confront that they would clearly be loyalists to the British during the American Revolution. Protesting is great and American, but you shouldn't destroy property, like the Boston Tea Party. Uh, they wouldn't have gotten killed if they just listened to the police. The Boston Massacre began as the follow-up to a British customs officer when he shot and killed an 11-year-old boy during a Patriot protest. A week and a half later, a protest turned violent when a British officer stabbed a protester with his bayonet. The rest is history. Lena gets her son ready for school She says on these streets, Charles You've got to understand the rules If an officer stops you Promise me you'll always be polite And that you'll never ever run away and promise mama you'll keep your hands inside. 
My point is not to weigh in on specific cases of brutality or not, as I haven't done the due diligence to discuss this case at length. My point is that if people have, and they are pissed off about it, that's okay. I've seen so many people go so far out of their way to make sure they have no acceptable way to voice that disbelief. Street protests just get in the way of people trying to go to work. Public displays are inappropriate, and God forbid anyone kneels during the anthem. As an aside, the Department of Defense spent millions of taxpayer dollars making the NFL more patriotic, and players didn't stand on the fields for the national anthem until 2009. Celebrities are supposed to stay in their lane and entertain us mindlessly with no regard for or mention of their personal beliefs. One of the greats, Bruce Springsteen, has a huge reunion tour and comes out with a statement that he thinks is important, and he gets called a floating fag by the police and told to go back to singing American flag songs and all that stuff. If artists can't protest through their art, how the fuck are people supposed to protest? If someone with a platform as large as Springsteen is called a dirtbag and told to shut the fuck up, how are regular folks supposed to stand up to an unjust system? That's the trick. They aren't. They're supposed to just sit there and hope that the status quo deigns the downtrodden worthy to receive a blessing from above. If only everyone could be so lucky. Is it a gun? Is it a knife? Is it in your heart? Is it in your eyes? It ain't no secret. Give you the incredible flying machine. 